Is marriage doomed in the West? Welcome to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic, and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. In this episode, we're talking about is marriage doomed in the West? Why are millennials and Gen Z putting off marriage? How has social media affected the marriage rate? Why should we be concerned about the current state of marriage? What can be done to increase the marriage rate? And lastly, what are the advantages of a healthy marriage? So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we delve deep into this issue. And welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. And as we did say in the intro, we are talking about, is marriage doomed in the West? Since this is Thanksgiving week, I want to wish everybody a happy and healthy Thanksgiving break. I also want you to wish you safe travels. Uh, everyone, is, this is one of the busiest travel weeks in the year. And please be careful out there and just watch yourself. You know, it's, it's always a risk, you know, traveling on Thanksgiving week. The earlier you travel, the better sometimes. So, but we'll see how this whole thing pans out. But I just want to cover this topic really quickly here, not in too, too strenuous. And I just wanted to talk about, we talked about marriage a couple weeks ago. And then we came up with an episode with Greg who came back on and we talked about being late to the financial party. We brought that up just simply because, you know, finances usually ranks one or two when it comes to marriage divorce rate. But now I'm just talking about it in the sense of, is it doomed right now being living in the, the quote unquote West? When I say the West, I'm talking about here in the United States and uh, Western Europe for the most part, because some of the marriage rates are similar over there as well. As a matter of fact, in some parts of Western Europe, they're getting married later than we are here in the United States when they do get married. One of the reasons why I popped up and wanted to jump on and do this particular topic, I was doing some research before on another topic, and I came across something where I saw that some of the bridal companies are starting to have to file bankruptcy due to the lack of people getting married. And that was a surprise to me a little bit, just simply because I just wasn't really paying too much attention to the rates prior to even starting the podcast. And then you start to see some of these things pop up and you go, wow, what's going on here? And there's a variety of reasons why that's happening. As I further and further looked and did even further research, I came across a couple of other things that surprised me. And one of the other things that I came across was that there was a study that was done. And I have talked about this particular study on my podcast in the past when we did an episode called, is there a deficit of economically attractive men? And one of the things that we came across was a study that was done by Morgan Stanley, which was the brokerage house, which had projected going forward into 2030 that they were under the impression with their projections that 45% of women between the ages of 20 and 40 will be single and childless, meaning they will not be married and they will not have a child. And the reason why that's very risky, because that's almost half of our population. That's a very high number, something that we definitely need to be concerned about. And the reason why they do the study is they were doing it from an economic standpoint and they're saying that we need to invest in things that single women 
who are childless are going to want. So that was the reason why they did the study. But the numbers were pretty accurate. And one of the things that they came across in this particular study is they found out that what women were looking for economically from the men that were available was about 50% higher than their actual dating pool. So the numbers were not lining up. And that could be one of the many reasons why this is happening, why we're seeing such a disconnect of all of the married, all of the, uh, the lack of marriage here in the country. So that's something to take into consideration. There's a very high number there. When we, want, we don't want to see numbers that high. I've come across a few millennials who are talking about it, how it's frustrating for them, what some of the issues are, why they're having a hard time getting married, and what are some of the reasonings behind it. They each list different things. I can't go over every single one, but we're going to try and talk about a little bit of it here on the show today. And one of the big things, so we were talking about that, that study that was done by, by Morgan Stanley. We also talked that some people are putting it off a little bit later, meaning they think that some people in their 20s, if you go back a generation or two, people look to get married in their 20s. Now, some people are waiting until their 30s. And one of the reasons why they're doing it is they're putting career first. And so sometimes if you put your career first, you'll come to a situation to where you won't be thinking about marriage. You just feel like sometimes people will say, I'll just get married when I turn 30 or when I get into my 30s, not realizing that the competition for marriage is a lot more, it's, I would say, it's, it's fierce, especially nowadays. So a lot of women are finding out, you know, and men for that matter, to an extent, that there's just not what's available for them is not what it was maybe available for them five, six years prior to that, because some of the men that they might have wanted to marry might have already gotten married. Men may be finding a hard time because they might not be finding the right person that they want to get married to. You know, some women now, you know, they may already have families as they're getting married. Because the out of what like childbirth has went up. So, you know, some men are OK with being step parents and then there's some men who don't want to be step parents at all. And so there's that there's that disconnect that goes with this as well. The next area I do want to talk about is how has social media affected the marriage rate? I've always said before that social media has not done, has not done, there's not a lot of positives to social media when it comes to wanting to get married or be in a long-term committed relationship. And there's a variety of different things that's going on here. But in the past, prior to social media, usually what would happen is if you took a girl who was very attractive and she lived in a certain area, she would meet up with a guy who was also very attractive, who probably lived in the same area she did. They would meet, they would connect, and they would get together and be in a relationship and maybe ultimately a marriage at some point. Because her circle of people that she had contact with was limited. She couldn't communicate in contact with, you know, mostly it was just people in her surrounding areas. Once in a blue moon, there might be something that kicks in where she might have met someone over a summer or something, and they might have some type of long distance thing. But that doesn't didn't happen too often. But for the most part, you married someone that lived within 20 to 30 minutes of you. The very most usually an hour, maybe an hour and a half tops. But they, these people were in your circle. You know, you had access to them physically. 
Well, with social media now, you now have access to the world. You can meet and date people everywhere, all over the country. And other countries play a part. Other countries play a role in this. So this is not just, this isn't just here in the United States. This is all over the place. So now what's ended up happening, hold on a person in the queue, you come on in a minute. That girl who might meet somebody who might have a lot of money could take them, fly them out to different locations, spend some time with them. They will say that they dated this person, but it really wasn't a date. It was more of a hookup type thing. And now what the problem is, is that that woman sometimes can be confused because she thinks that these are the type of guys that are available to her, not realizing that that was a one-time thing. And so guys who are in that circle that she might have connected with in the past, they start to almost become invisible just simply because she's got experience a high level of treatment. And so even though she does come back after going through some of those types of things, where she might have posted some of the stuff on her social media, those guys now may not be interested in her like they used to be. So that's one of the reasons why I say social media is really tough because some women think that if they date these types of guys, that it bolsters up their dating profile or who they can get. And it really doesn't in the long term, it probably will actually hurt them, but you know, they got an opportunity to be with someone who was, I guess to use the word famous. And so I'm going to bring on a guest and the guest I'm going to bring on was actually a guest on my show before. So I just want to just give Greg a round of applause real quick for coming on the show. I forgot to do that. The last time he came on, so I'm going to uh, give him that. And he, he came on, he's on the most recent episode of the podcast where we were talking about, you know, are you late to the financial party? So, Greg, you're going to come right in here and tap into this conversation. And I'm going to ask you some couple quick questions pertaining to this and see what you got to say. Good morning, Greg. Away, How I'm you ready. doing? I'm good. Fire away. Greg's ready. Go ahead. Greg is ready. All right, man. Greg, thanks for coming on the show for the (laughs) the most previous relationship. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully you don't have to do too much traveling, but if you do a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Question I got for you is why do you think nowadays in modern terms? And when I say nowadays, uh, what's going on right now? You know, the marriage rate is at an all-time low. The lowest has been in 150 years. Why aren't people getting married? I mean, we, we're going through a transition in society. Technology has a, a good bit to do with it. Um, you're helping me to see if I were not married and wanted to be married, and we're doing what we call courting. The internet has taken away the localness of meeting someone, right? And this is the first thing that came to my mind. Let's say my social skills are a little in the wanting department. You feel me? You know, maybe I'm a little insecure. This is fairly natural. And I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm really having a tough time asking girls out. This is, this is the false promise that I think online contact with people can, can make to us. Well, your skills really aren't that good. So let's just increase the number of attempts and eventually you'll just fall into one and, and, and you'll find somebody. So I think what it can do is it makes us um, not want to, quote, get in the gym and strengthen the muscle. Our muscle gets flabby, it atrophies, and we accept that as normal and we just go, well, instead of me asking out three, three people, whatever that is, men, women, whatever, uh, in a month, I'll just ask out a hundred. And then it's just a numbers game at that point. But you see, you haven't really 
I, if I'm the one doing that, I haven't really increased my skills, have I? All I've done is push a few buttons, pay my cell phone bill or my mommy and daddy have, and I'm just hoping for the best to see what sticks. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. And, you know, you're, you're talking about some of the awkwardness and different things about that, especially with younger guys. There's a big number that came, came out saying that, you know, men under 30 are not as active as they used to be in the sense of yeah. having opportunities with women. And so women in their 20s are sort of at their, their peak of, as they say, beauty or, you know, attractiveness and all of those types of things. And so they're taking advantage of it in the sense that they have a lot of choice and the men aren't generally yeah. getting their choice until they get into their thirties. Because at that age, what happens is men who get into their thirties are pretty much, if they got the decade of their twenties, right, are establishing their career. They're starting to make a steady income, regardless of how much it is, it's, you know, they're starting to make a steady, there's some stability there with some of the things, you know, the protection providing provision type stuff kicks into effect. So that's why I think there's a little bit of disconnect in, in that sense. The other act. There's ex- a, yeah, go ahead, Greg. I um, didn't mean to cut you off. Um, Shame and Isis, who's on here uh, fairly often, made a, made a set a term or made a comment one day about the attention economy that we live in. This is a big issue with the internet. People being able to make their profile what they want it to be, be a little fudge, a little, whatever the case may be, soft lighting with the picture. I get all that. But in the end, what it can do is it can warp people's perceptions about what it really means to physically meet someone and actually take time to get to know them, court them as they used to call it. You know, y'all don't be courting out on the front porch now. That's what your grandma would tell you. You know, you can just hold hands and, and you know, there's different norms in different times. We get it. But in the end, I know this. Let me give you a quick example. The coaches that are teaching me to do what I do professionally said when we got started, we had yellow legal pads. That was our CRM. That was our drip campaign, right? Now, we can speed things up, right? We can do that with the internet, with these dating apps and whatever else they are. We can speed things up. But what we're not doing is improving the quality of our skills. So the coach said, we had to hone the skills, Now, the technology will help you, Greg, but don't ever think that more technology is a replacement for a high level of skill. That applies in this case, in my opinion, most certainly. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, if you use the the technology as a crutch, it's going to hurt you over the long term because other people are going to hone in the skill, which is what you're going to need. And that skill that dating and, and being in a relationship and having communication and talking with people, even in that courting process, is a skill that takes time to learn how to do. It takes years for some people. You know, it's not something that you can just develop overnight unless you're yeah. maybe sort of a natural at it. Other quick question I do want to ask you real quick here is, are, should we be concerned about the current state of marriage here in the country, meaning that? You know, we, we got a situation where we're having a lot of out-of-wedlock childbirth. Uh, there's a lot of single-parent households. There are, you know, things to this effect. Some, some women are coming. They want to get married after they've had children, and they weren't married before. And that can put them at a disadvantage. Should we be concerned about the current state that we're in? Personally, um, I believe that marriage does serve a cultural purpose. But if people over time continue to choose not to do that, um, we could say, well, they'll, they'll still cohabitate. They'll still have children. And that may be true. 
But I think in the beginning, if the idea or the process of entering into marriage and, and the ceremony and all those other things, if that begins to lose importance or prominence in our culture, something's going to take its place, right? But in the end, I think the core thing that we're really talking about is making a commitment to someone. Now, in some cultures, it's perfectly acceptable for a man or a woman to have multiple commitments, right? We, we've seen this down through the centuries. Oh, the 60s and the hippies and all this other shit, whatever that is. It, it is what it is. But in the end, I can only give you my example. I've been with the same woman for 25 years. That doesn't mean anything other than every day that I wake up, I choose. This is where I want to be and this is what I want to do. It doesn't make me a shining example of anything. It's just one way of doing it. Now, and then we can, as you well know, get into, well, if you're going to come into a committed relationship, what if you start having children and then you don't want to financially support them? That's a whole different show right there. This is a really big, this is a really big topic. But I think if people just go, you know, getting married is really not that big of a deal. In my mind, it's like, I don't really want to fully commit. I want to have an out right now. If you want out, you just Say, I want out. You look the person in the eye and you have a conversation. But what we start talking about is the legal out. How easy would it be for me to leave, right? That's one aspect of it. Not the whole thing, but but an aspect of it. That's a good point. And, you know, we talk about it on a financial aspect of it. You know, some people fear, you know, losing finances in a marriage or, you know, situation like that. But there's pertaining to that, I'd say the benefit is that financially speaking, we went over some of the numbers before. You know, if you have an opportunity where someone can pay half of your bills or something along those lines, that should make your life a whole lot easier. You know, you got two people cohabitating instead of one. So obviously, financially, married couples do better than singles do because of the fact that they are not, you know, taking care of the whole entire household per se. So there are there are a lot of advantages in that regard financially for being married. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It's, you know, we've heard the old saying, you know, a friend with benefits, that's somebody you're having sex with that you're not married to, right? That's what that means. Or you're not committed to in dating in a way. That's kind of what a roommate is minus sex. It's, it's a roommate with benefits. We'll split the bills, half the rent, half the utilities, half the groceries. Okay, fine. And now we have to understand that at any moment, one of those people can walk out and then leave the other person holding the bag. It happens all the time. Leases and rental agreements. And I mean, I had a friend, he and his wife divorced many, many years ago, and they weren't living, I would say, beyond their means, but it was a 50-50 split. And when that income was gone, my my friend wasn't lazy, and he certainly wasn't without means. He, could, he couldn't afford the payments on the house. And he called the mortgage company, and I'm not going to get into that, but in the end, it's, you know, how, how committed am I, right? And it doesn't mean, oh, my commitment's bigger than your commitment. These are things that we need to think about. And yes, technology is reshaping what, how we view marriage. But in the end, people are always going to get together. They're going to cohabitate in some way. They're going to either have children or not have children. But I do know nothing beats eye-to-eye contact, good conversation skills. And even if it's just a numbers game and you're, not, and you're going to go old school and not ask people out or court them online, it's okay for it to be a numbers game in the beginning to get through the initial fear to where you know you have some confidence, but nothing beats toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye. My, when I was coming up, 
let's go have coffee. That was a very beginning point of actually dating someone. Yes. And that's, that's a good point yeah. with that. You know, I think you can read body language too, when you have eye to eye contact versus doing something online. Well, thanks Greg for Definitely. coming on. Thanks for Absolutely. Greg, thanks for coming on uh, and, and adding your, your part on that. And that, that's really important. I think the eye to eye contact and having physical contact with a person versus, you know, just doing everything online like I said, the advantage is you, you can see a lot of the body language and the nonverbal cues and 75% of communication is nonverbal. So it's very important for us to pick up on some of those cues to determine whether or not this person is really all that interested in us or they even share the same values and beliefs that we share. You know, if we're looking for one thing and that person is exhibiting something totally different, that's not going to be to our advantage. So I got another person in the queue here, but I'm going to just add on to one other thing here and we'll talk about here. We talk a little bit about the advantages. What can be done to increase the marriage rate? What can be done to increase the marriage rate? I can't tell people to get off of social media, but what I can tell them is to get put yourself out there a little bit more in areas where people are like-minded, such as yourself, who are interested in getting married. Some there's, there's some people doing like some of these singles retreat type things, and there's different things like that. But in a lot of cases, sometimes those just turn into hookup type things, and they don't always work out to, they're not, geared towards what people ultimately went there for. So you have to be very careful with some of those things there as well. And we'll see who we got in the queue. We got Dr. Robert. He can come in and add his thought process on this. And, you know, like I said, there's different things we can do, but I, I did talk about some of the advantages of a healthy marriage. And one of them obviously being the financial aspect of it, but also living longer. Men, you know, married men live a lot longer. They're four times less likely to experience violence. And due to the fact that they're at home and single men are out in the community, so they're more likely to experience violence, four times more likely, and they live longer. So that's another advantage. But go ahead, Dr. Robert. How are you doing this morning? Oh, great. I just uh, I tuned in, and you know, I was hearing uh, you and Greg, you know, and uh, it really is, you know, uh, triply when I started hearing about the dating online, it scared me, you know, uh, Truthfully, and you know, I was so glad that I already was married, you know, and I've been married going on 33 years now. But uh, it's really eye-to-eye contact, you know, and just talking to each other, having a cup of coffee, uh, a walk in the park, you know, uh, little things like that, you know, I mean, we, uh, back in the days, we would have family reunions and all of us meet up and stuff, you know, and it was just a really nice uh, greeting to uh, really meet each other. And now, and then there's uh, other uh, people to me, you uh, meet a friend of a friend or, or, or your cousin's uh, uh, sister, you know, and so I mean, hey, it's a, uh, so like uh, out of eye contact, you start talking, you really getting to relate and know each other versus um oh well I called her no and she said this you know and uh, come to find out I was talking to a man you know yes and, uh, that's that's the downside <laughs> to doing some of these these online dating things and you you're right Robert about that direct eye to eye contact because like I said earlier you know communication seventy five percent of our communication is nonverbal and if you can't physically be around that person you can't see them i just want to ask you should you robert i'm going to ask you this real fast mm -hmm. is uh do you think we should be concerned 
as a country about the current state of marriage that it is right now? Because I told you we're near, you know, near all time lows, the lowest it's been in over 150 years. Do you think we should be concerned about this? Me, myself, uh, I'm not concerned because uh, where I'm at, you know, in what stage I'm at. But uh, being concerned about all these here people that don't know what they're doing, you know, and all this their internet talk, you know, and falling in and out of love, uh, it's out of the question. They don't even know what love is anymore, especially on these here apps. No, I love you. Yeah, I can say that all day long, you know. But uh, do you love me if, if I uh, walk around in my robe all day uh, and not uh, go to work? No. Because, I mean, I say I work. No. I mean, it, it's really is out of eye contact, you know, and you really feeling each other. But uh, no. That's what I said. It's this internet uh, dating. It scared me. I was so glad I was already married. You know. Yeah, you got it. There's the there's the uh, creep factor that plays a role. And I, I think with online dating, it actually is. It could be more harder for women just simply because there, there's some some crazy people out there. I mean, you know, there's stalkers. There's all kinds of you know people out here that you know can be you know you know on these things. There's nothing stopping them from opening up an account or anything and you you before you know it you might be two three dates in not realizing that you know they could be you know some crazy person or something so i agree with you there i think it's really concerning i was talking about the current state in the sense of it being you know as a country because some of the fallout that we're having we're having a more single parent households children who come from single parent households are more likely to be at risk. And it doesn't mean that that's the case all the time. There's anecdotal evidence, obviously, where single-parent households can thrive. But I'm saying as a whole, when we add up all the numbers, you know, it could be somewhat of a risk for for not just them, but, you know, they you know they can become a public safety risk. And it's, you know, other people around them and to themselves. So that's where I was going with that. Uh, what Since you have been married for, for as long as you have been married. I'm going to tap into your, your guidance here and just ask you this particular question. What are some of the, what are some of the advantages of being in a healthy marriage? Because a lot of people, if you were to go somewhere and talk to a bunch of people and say, you've been married as long as you've been married, you've been married well over three decades. Now they're going to start asking you, well, what's the secret? What's the, what's the, you know, how did you do it? You know, and what would you, what would you say to them? Be willing to listen to your opposite sex. Uh, uh, your significant other. Uh, like my uh, grandmother would say, listen well, but think twice before you speak. You know, and uh, keep your attention on each other. You know, and knowing they like and don't like do's and don'ts, you know, and wants and don't want, you know, and uh, you keep communicating. You know, it's... Uh, just last night, you know, um, I was, uh, Denise said she was uh, going to make a sandwich, but, you know, and I'm, okay, you know, and but she asked me, did I want one? I'm like, uh, well, okay, uh, but hey, I thought she was going to make a, just a, a sandwich, but she uh, toasted the bread, put guacamole and guacamole and tomatoes 
uh, warmed uh, the meat, you know, and uh, brought the sandwich down here to, into the studio to me. You know, and it's okay. I could have went up there and got it, but it's little things like that, you know, and just caring for each other, you know, and respecting each other. Uh, my a mentor said, I feel like I'm losing when I'm not giving my wife what she wants before she asks me. I asked him, how do you do that? He said, I keep my attention on her at all times. She turned around and said, when I ask him something and he doing something else and he don't stop right then and do it, I'm not going to get mad at him because what he's doing, I know he's doing it for me. You know, and so that's just uh, Karen and a level of communication and they was together for over 30 years before they passed away. You know, wow. that was that's, 30 that's, years ago. That's good advice. Just being caring for the other person. And you, you know, another thing that I always tell people is that you're not going to be able to provide people with everything that they want. Um, you want to cover your, their needs, but you know, try and, mm-hmm. you know, try and give them, you know, some of the ones that they, they have, some of them might not be realistic per se, but if they, if you, if it's within reason and you can do it, Absolutely, because the sacrifices, you know, they're going to do the same thing for you. And that's one thing. One thing you don't want to be in is, a, is, a, is in a situation where, you know, you are single by yourself and something happens to you where you are literally, you know, you need a partner's help or someone to help you. You know, it could be medical. It could be a variety of different things. You don't want to be in that situation where you're alone and by yourself. That's why when I hear a lot of people out here saying, Marriage isn't that important to them. They don't need anybody. Well, who's going to help you if you do have a major problem? Because some of your friends who you might depend on, they may be married and have families themselves, and they may not be able to do it. So you're going to be kind of out here stuck. You know, they're going to say, well, why didn't you, you know, get married? And a woman might say, I didn't feel like I needed a man. And a man might say, I felt like I could handle things myself. And now they're sort of in a trick bag or situation. You know, there was there was an incident that popped up where, you know, I had to have a one day surgery and I ended up having a one day surgery. But if I was single, I couldn't drive home. I would have to set up some type of arrangement where someone is going to have to pick me up or I was going to have to get some type of Uber or something. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you got to have, you know, someone around. I'll let you finish it. finished out with this last minute and then you can, you know, close it out. Now. Yeah. You know, and uh, just the thought of what you just said, you know, a lot of times that, uh, we would have just said, oh, forget it, you know. Um, uh, It's not that bad, and I don't know how to get back to the house, you know, and so I'm just going to lay here, you know, and uh, hey, it'll even get worse. But hey, it's like my wife, she said uh, yesterday, you you had to go to the physical therapy Monday. I'm like, okay, uh, thanks for reminding me, but I could have said, I know, you know, I mean, a big deal, you know, I could have went off on her, you know, about it. Yes. But it was like, she uh, had our attention on it as well as I did. You know, I'm looking forward to the crowd tackling me on physical therapy, you know, because I I don't like the idea of being pain, you know, but uh, thank you, you know. Absolutely, Robert. Thanks for coming on. That was a very good point. And you brought up a good point on the health aspect of it for a man. I always tell I always tell uh, women, 
uh, men rather who are single who feel like they, they don't you know want to be involved with a relationship with anybody or be in a marriage look one thing women do very well is they keep track of a lot of these medical appointments you know where is certain things that you need to do such as you know preventative care type stuff especially you know things that men have to do and you know because women have been doing it maybe a little bit longer you know, before we did, and they know the importance of preventative care. So if they keep track of all of these, these, these things that you're supposed to do, you won't forget them. Because men are, you know, we're stubborn. Sometimes we don't like to go to the doctors. But a woman say, hey, you got an appointment going up. You need to go see the, your, your GP. You got an appointment with the urologist. You got somebody. So on this date, make sure you get there. You know, in a weird roundabout way, they're be saving your life. You know, and, and vice versa. You can help them out in that regard, too. What we're going to do is we're about to wrap up uh, time constraints here. The, the show is running a little bit longer than what we normally do. But I do want to say thank you to everyone who has jumped on. We had Greg, uh, Dr. Georgia Gary, and we had Dr. Robert come on. And we are going to wrap up the show. I want to wish everyone again, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving and safe travels. This is Thanksgiving week. And uh, please be careful out there. And we're going to continue to go forward here with the show. If you haven't been to the website, there's always a link in the show notes. Just click on that link and it will take you to the website where all the episodes are archived. We're on all the major platforms. And in addition, we do have an Instagram page, The 313 Men Money Marriage. You can go on there and watch some clips of uh, some of the video podcast episodes that we recorded. And there's also some pictures up there as well of previous guests. So if you want to go visit that website, I mean, the Instagram page, feel free. And lastly, we're coming up on our 100th episode. So we're going to try and do something special for that. I'm working on that behind the scenes and hopefully that will pan out here soon. But I'm going to take a break here in a minute in the sense of, you know, with the holidays coming up, I might, uh, I'm not sure yet, but I might have a week where I take a break just in, because of the holidays. But as for right now, this episode will drop on its normal time slot, so you shouldn't have any problems there, so you'll have something to listen to. And we might do something on Thanksgiving just saying, what are you thankful for? Who knows? We'll see. So with that being said, until we meet again, we are out.